Okay, so a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of featuring on RNT Radio. Um, I talked about, I've kind of waffled on a bit then, didn't I? Yeah, it's been, it was actually one of our best received episodes. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, That's... people were really surprised and they, they said they, we got a lot of feedback saying how much they learned from it. Oh, wow. Especially the things on brain, brain, uh, brain function, yeah. the gut health. Yeah, I think people were really pleasantly surprised by that episode. Oh, wow, because yeah. it kind of started about training and then it just got really deep into, <laughs> yeah. into different areas that people don't normally talk about. So productivity, brain yeah. development, digestion. I think it was a really good one. Oh, cool. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. No worries. Um, yeah, so basically when it featured on the show, we were just talking about different things. I think We didn't actually talk about it in fasting, did we? No, no, no we no. didn't. No. So, um, yeah, so today on the show, I have the return of Mr. Akash Regela. How are you today, Akash? Doing well, thanks. Thanks yeah, for having me on again. No problem. Um, with regards to the intermittent fasting, what triggered your um, thought process into trying it and what kind of brought it to your attention? Okay, so about six weeks ago, uh, I needed to diet down and lose about 10, 15 pounds for an upcoming video shoot we had uh, for RNT. Mm. That coupled with the fact I wanted to lose a bit of body fat anyway, just because, you know, when you're in a muscle building phase for too long, you know, things can get a little bit sloppy. Mm. So I needed to diet. And, um, I wanted to try something different just because, you know, just what I, I just want to try something different. And um, mm. I said to Adam, my business partner, you know, what do you think about, have you got any ideas or anything I should try? And the first thing he said to me was, uh, I should try intermittent fasting just because he knows that I, um, you know, I do most of my creative work and, you know, most of my, uh, you know, brain intensive, uh, mm. brain intensive work in the morning. So he thought it'd be beneficial if I just skip breakfast and skip meal two. And, you know, start eating around 12 o'clock instead. Mm. So that was the kind of the real motivator behind trying intermittent fasting. It wasn't that there's any secret behind it for fat loss. It was more, I was doing it more for uh, productivity and work output benefits. Mm. And what did you, so first of all, in, in, your, in, your, product, in your articles, um, the intermittent fasting experiment part one and yeah. two, what did you um, discuss and what did you talk about in both parts? Okay, so in the first one, I discussed you know, the, the reasons behind why I'm trying it. So, mm. you know, normally my days, you know, like, like you, I don't have writing. So mm. my days usually start at five 30. I'll write from six till seven. Mm. Then I'll eat breakfast at seven, cook for the day. And then I'll return to writing at 8, 8 a.m. Mm. and do it for another hour or so. So, so I'm losing an hour there. Right. Mm. And you know, once you lose that flow state, it's hard to gain it back. Mm. You know, once you, once you come out of it. So with the fasting, what I was doing is I was waking up five 30 I was jumping straight. I was waking up, literally just washing my face, heading down and opening mm. up a laptop and mm. starting work. And I was able to, I was able to get about six hours straight done before wow. any interruption. Mm. So I'd, I'd start work around five forty-five, six. I'd write for two hours, then I'd have a coffee, and then I'd, um, I'd continue writing till about ten o'clock. Then I'd go for a walk, then I'd come back, and then I'd start. And then I'll have breakfast. Mm. Um, so that was the way I set it out. And that's how, that's what I talk about in the first article is really how I'm setting it up. Um, and I think it's got a lot of benefit for people who, you know, they like bigger meals. Mm. And especially if they're really busy in the morning where they just don't have time to eat. Mm. And will sit down and eat properly and, you know, take their time with it. Which, you know, for digestion purposes, it's important that you do take your time with mm. eating your food. So, yeah, that, that, was, the, that was the onus behind it. Mm, cool. And uh, what time of the day were you training? So I was training at one uh, thirty. Right. So I train after meal one. Okay. So there's and different. There was different. When I was when I was researching this, you know, so there were some protocols that said you should train uh, before you break the fast. Mm. Yeah, but I wasn't too sure about that, um, mainly because that that dig into my writing time. Mm. 
and I was only doing this for productivity benefits, so I'd rather just train after meal one. Mm. There were a few times because of scheduling that I did have to train fasted. Mm. So I did I did try that, and it wasn't too bad, actually. Mm. Yeah, as long as I, I did have some EAAs with me, mm. and if it was a leg day, then I'd do some carbs. Mm. But it wasn't. I didn't have any solid meals on some of those days. And did you know any drop drop off in performance or anything? I did notice I was flagging after forty five minutes or so. Oh, okay. Um, but nothing, nothing too bad. No, I only I have I haven't done it enough to know mm. if it have an impact in the long run. Because mm, it's interesting. Because it's like you know, it, I think that you've got to look at it from a perspective of like yeah, the productivity can really work, but then it can be counterproductive if you're going into the sessions and you're feeling flat. Did yeah. you did you change your program at all, or is any any no, difference? So I I stayed with the same program. Um, and my first meal was quite carb intensive. Yeah, the one that before I trained. I mean, most of my most of my meals are carb intensive anyway, mm. uh, just because I I, fun, I function better on that. Mm. So I'd have three eggs, smoked salmon, and about two hundred grams of sourdough toast mm. before I trained anyway. So I was well fueled mm. for the session. Mm. So I never felt any performance detriment. And the the sessions that you did go into fasted, what what was the difference between them? In terms of the in setup terms, or the performance? In terms of the performance. Okay, yeah, like I said. Maybe a little bit of energy dropping after 45 minutes, but otherwise, mm. no real difference, no. Cool. And what was it that you spoke about in part two? Was it more the productivity side? No, so part two, I kind of – there there's several different things I was tracking uh, during this experiment. And um, uh, in part two, I discussed the different things I was tracking. So the first one was uh, hunger and cravings. Mm. Um, so this was, this was interesting because the first 10 to 14 days, I did feel hungry in mm. the morning. Because I was so used to, you know, you know, your body's trained on, on you know, on body clocks, mm. etc. So I was so used to eating at 7 a.m. that when 7 a.m. did come, as that natural, natural urge and natural hunger just kind of, kind of came. Mm. Uh, so I squashed it with coffee uh, initially and just tried to take my mind off it by continuing to write. But this lasted for about 10 to 14 days. Once that initial 10 to 14 days period cleared up, then I didn't really think about food mm. until around 10 a.m., 11 a.m., you know, around that 15, 16 hour mark. And then... Mm. You know, I felt the hunger, but before that, I was fine, mm. which was interesting. It just goes to show how trainable our body's hormones are. Mm. Yeah, right? I think it's I think it's a really interesting concept in the fact that um, some people do that by accident, by default, and I think the industry is developing in the way that um, through education, in education in, in like hormones and, and and the way the body functions, we're realizing that. You know, for example, when people say, right, you have to eat breakfast, it is the mm. most important meal of the day, is that it's not necessarily the meals that's important, it's like the mechanisms. And um, for like for somebody who is, um, you know, a very active person, they don't have much time in the morning, it can actually be quite a useful tool uh, to implement, really, can't it? The fasting aspect? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're rushing off your feet in the morning, one of the, you probably don't want to sit down and eat. You'd rather mm. just wait a couple of hours and eat then. Mm. Right. It's not so. It's not really as bad as people think to to skip a meal or not to have a meal if um, you know if every if the rest of the day is planned. Yeah, I mean, I do think I don't think it's for everyone though, and that's mm. something we'll we'll touch on afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah. because I, I do think there's some people, some populations where it might not be a good idea. Oh yeah, but we'll cover that in a sec. The second thing was uh, mood and energy. So I tracked I tracked that, and this one I, I mean, after again after the initial adjustment period. I felt quite level-headed afterwards. Mm. I don't think fasting improved my mood. Mm. I, did, I did read some people say, you know, you get the, you get the most amazing, <laughs> you know, mood benefits yeah. from fasting. I don't think I felt any of that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I felt any difference in any negative or positive. Mm. So for that, 
you know, uh, my conclusion was, you know, no change in mood or energy. Mm. That being said, I was doing fasting while I was dieting. So perhaps it'd be interesting to see how it would be, you know, during maintenance or surplus calories. Mm. Yeah, no, that is, that is true. Um, did you, what's your, what's your take on that kind of like as a, as a fat loss mechanism? I, I did a podcast where I, I was just talking on my own about the, like the mechanisms behind it, but I still believe, and I'd be a strong advocate of this advice to people that it is still energy and energy out. It's still calories. 100%. Yeah. I mean, if I was eating 4,000 calories in my, in my eating window, mm. it doesn't matter what, it doesn't yeah. matter how I fast, right? Yeah. Yeah, it can be probably more of a detriment because you get a smaller window to for that di- your digestive system Digestions. to work. So you put in a, a real heavy load on your on your digestive system in a smaller period of time. So um, I think that you know I don't know if you see it, but you know I, th- I know Terry Crews is a big Hollywood star who's into it, and a lot of yeah, people yeah, are saying yeah, it's yeah. the new it's the new way forward to eat. But I think one of the underlying um, messages for anybody listening is that it is it's still energy and energy out. It's always calories in, calories out, and it's it's also about finding the right diet for you, right? Mm, yeah. So for some people, this might be this might be perfect, but if mm. you're someone who's clock watching mm. for the first four hours of the day, then it's a disaster, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then you're just stressing yourself out, and it's not comfortable in any way, and you're just going to binge when it does come to eating time. And this is another thing: I wasn't like anal about the clock watching, so I wasn't saying, okay, 11, 11 a.m. on the dot, I have to start eating. Mm. It was kind of just wherever I felt around that 15, 16, 17 hour mark where I just thought, okay, now I've done most of my work. I'm feeling a bit hungry. So now I'll eat. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, clock watching because I think that defeats the purpose in many cases. So if if you're like a, um, you know, either a personal trainer or a coach or you're somebody who's looking to improve, um, you know, productivity and and work output, do you have any objective data in terms of word count that this had an impact on? No, I see. I don't have that. I don't have any objective data. This is just really purely Mm. based on, you know, subjective. Yeah. So yeah, I can't give you any of that. Yeah, no, it's, it would have been interesting to track, really. So do you ever track word count and, and how much you get done per day? No, I don't track word count, no. Oh, okay. uh, I, I know you're a big fan of yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've really. got word count goals. Yeah, right? not, no, it's, just, it's just, right, I've got, let's get 500 words done and see what happens and, and this done and this done. But I think word count is like by default, it's one of those default settings because if you have more time to sit at a computer... Yeah. And and you're not going away to make a meal and then eat the meal, then you by default you're going to spend more time typing. So it's more like that. It's more time saving than not like oh it has this miraculous impact on the brain and you're going to get into you know X Y Z. But I think it's just the more that you have have more time at your disposal. Um, I, mean, I try and write about three articles a week, and they usually range between mm. twelve twelve hundred to two thousand words. But mm. that's a very rough average, right? Yeah. yeah. And what was the point after that? So it was the mood was fine. So then, yeah, then it was productivity. So this was the real the mm. real uh, metric I wanted to track. Mm. Again, I didn't have any objective data on it, yeah. but from a subjective point of view, you know, it, it, it's a real no brainer for me the mm. way I work. Um, in that, you know, I didn't have to stop after an hour, and I could just kind of power through that mm. that break I normally have. I did find I could get more deep work done and mm. access that kind of flow state that you gain as a writer, mm. which you know feels pretty cool when yeah, you're doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, you know, I was able to crank through my writing, my client emails, and get all the work that requires a lot of brain power done before breakfast, mm. and then after that, I can just focus on you know dealing with all the bullshit that comes in business, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. things that don't you know admin, finance, mm. things that don't really require much brain power, and mm. just plug through that. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, I mean, a lot of this, uh, I actually combined this period with the binaural beats that mm. you talked about mm. which is which is a great revelation really yeah initially when i used them 
I didn't put the headphones in, right? Yeah. So I didn't really notice anything. I didn't mm. really see the benefit of what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then Adam told me to try it with the headphones, and it completely changed the game. Then, <laughs> yeah. Because then, because yeah. I realized it's all it's all about uh, the different mm. frequencies and different ears, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that that made a really interesting and and good difference. It's like it becomes white noise to you. Like you start to mm-hmm. ignore it, and I think that um. The, yeah, the headphones is massive, and it's it's the it's the big kicker because otherwise you just sound like um, that's always the funniest thing with me is if, if I'm moving my laptop at work and then I unplug my headphones, people are like what the fuck are you listening to? And it's just that kind of noise. But yeah, that 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 was the one thing for me that really that really kicked it off. Um, you know, doing you know if you use it in conjunction, and it's not like saying it's this and then this and this. I think all it put together is like one percenters. Exactly. It might exactly. improve your productivity by five percent. I've got actually something that I forgot to say on on the podcast with you guys, and it's something that I was trying to get people to do, and it's hard um, because of the time. And it's something you might want to try. It could be if you want objective data, but um, there's a site that I've been using for a couple of years called um, Luminosity. Have you heard of it? No, I've, re- no. I've read you. T- I've, I've seen it on your blog. But yeah, I haven't, so, I haven't checked it out yet. So Luminosity is like. Um, it's basically a brain training um, website. It's on website, and you can have it on an app as well. And it's brain training games, and you can pick which um, which kind of uh, quality you want to go for. Whether it's memory, whether it's retention, whether it's problem solving, whether it's word reasoning, and um, whether it's maths. And um, you have five games per day. And okay. it um, it the take if you do the games back to back, it takes about five to ten minutes. Um, and it'll track your it'll ask you like how you're feeling today what's your sleep like and things like that so it's all all like kind of variables that we're used to looking into um, and what I used to do was use it as a warm-up like a little brain warm-up yeah, so yeah. if you're doing the intermittent fasting go on to luminosity five ten minutes maximum play the games um, and it'll randomly select it or you can pick what you want to go at. okay okay um, it gives you this little like it's the way I'd describe it is that do you when when um when you do a heavy set of RDLs, do you go straight into your heavy set straight away from walking into the gym? What's the no. type? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the type of thing like you do your foam rolling, you do stretching, you do activation, you do your priming. And you don't want it to take half an hour, but it should take, you know, 10 to 15 or 10 to 20 minutes before you even start to use decent loads. Okay. Exact same principle with this luminosity. You just do it five, five, 10 minutes. It keeps track of your scores. It feels like, it feels quite silly. Um, well, it might do because it's like, just games, you are playing games. Um, but it's like a warm-up, like a mental warm-up. And um, I use that. It's just it, it's um, it's just something that I think works well. And again, you put then, if you're fasting, water, coffee, headphones in with the with the earphones, then do your work. I, I think it is. It's a one percenter, but it's, it's something that might... It all adds might, up, yeah. What, what is your writing process? Like, what would you, what do you kind of get yourself... Well, it's like I said on the podcast, really. It's as and when. It's it's, it's really not. Uh, you know, I would love to have more structure, but it, you know, it tends to be. We have a big um, desk at, at frontline by reception, and it just tends to be right. I've got half an hour. I've got between a client, I'll do it now, or I've got two hours free, I'll do it now. Um, and it's just picking up. And I have, and it's not a good way of doing things. But I have so many different articles and files that I've started a few hundred words, and then I'll go by mood. And I'm a big uh, believer in never forcing an article, so I don't like to ever write a title yeah. and say I have to sit down and write, you know, five tips to improve your squat. It's not like that. It's more so um, I'll see something, whether it's in the gym, whether it's social media, whether it's a conversation, that'll spark a thought process, and then I'll write about it. And then if if that proce- thought process comes about again, then I'll do it again. Um, I'd love to be more regimented with it, but I actually find that. 
um, being more structured with it can you can lead to procrastination. Um, but yeah, it's more an as and when type of thing for me. Um, yes. Yeah, but the what another thing that I'm saying it has been on my social medias as well. I don't know if you use it. Is the the in moment app that they've got is was a game changer as well. That was, is that where you block you block yeah, that? You can't you can't do anything on your phone. I mean, yeah, I mean, in the morning I don't. Um, so I still haven't looked at my WhatsApp today. Right. Okay. So I don't look at my WhatsApp till usually around two p.m. Right. One two p.m. Um, the only my texts come through to me, but no mm. other notifications come through to my phone. Right. Okay. I mean, I was Instagramming you earlier on just yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, yeah, I need to contact you. But mm. uh, in the morning, I'll post my my daily content at seven a.m. But then I won't look at it afterwards. Right. Okay. Um, so. I, I'm going to lie back in the morning, but once I start using it during the day, mm. then it's like, it's one of those things where you just keep using it throughout yeah, the day, but I've yeah. already got my main work done. So I'm okay. Yeah. But if I, that's what, so I just keep it away from me in the morning. It's, mm. it's on airplane mode. It's in the kitchen somewhere. Mm. Um, so it allows me to focus. Otherwise yeah. you can't get anything done. Right. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. You get, you get roped into it and as trainers and the online coaches, especially because you know, with you, when you got someone one to one, you at least have like maybe three or four hours with them a week where you can answer questions in rest periods. But when you're predominantly well, are online based, I'm sure you do get inundated with people asking. Oh yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, so it's very important in that sense. Because another good another good app on on the computer to use is called Self Control. Self Control on on your laptop itself. Yeah, what you do if you if you activate it, it'll it'll block everything. You can't even try and go on Facebook. You right. can't try and go on YouTube or whatever. Oh really? It'll block. Yeah, it'll block everything. And yeah. it, it, there's no way to unlock it either. Yeah, so yeah, I like that. You have a time. You have a timer. So you can put two hours on. Mm. You have to put your password in of the computer to, to activate it. Once it's in, there's no way of getting out of it. Yeah. So that's pretty useful. No, I really like that. The in moment has that with the block one because at the start, I just thought, right, I'll just limit my usage to 15 minutes a day on any social media on my phone. And then what I noticed is that like you can deactivate it. And what I was what where I was messing yeah. up is that I wanted to post in the evening. Um, and I've used up all my 15 minutes because if I'm at work for 13 hours a day, I'll just check it by default and the 13 minutes are gone. I was like, shit, I can't, I can't physically do a post, which I need to do. So I deactivated it. So my new method now is um, I was listening to some um, talks on productivity, well, just general like brain health. And there's a guy I came across called Jim Quick. Have you heard of him? No. I've, no. Just, just, I've just posted about him now in his podcast. And he was just saying about owning the first hour of the day and by yeah. what you've told me you've you've done this by default and i think successful people and people who do get work done will do it um as a you know as a byproduct they, they, they're pretty they, they fall into yeah. it themselves but yeah he was saying that first hour of the day you don't want to check your phone you want to get into a morning routine do something healthy well i think uh, i think people can get carried away with this though as well yeah in that they make this morning routine so long, yeah, yeah, two hours have gone before they've actually started anything. Yeah, yeah. So what I tend to do is I just kind of wake up, wash my face, go to the loo, and then um, I'll just see. I think about the night before already. What mm. my most important task of the day is. Yeah, and I'll spend the first few hours doing that. Once I've done that, mm. then you know the rest of the day is is fine. Mm. I think that's the best way to because. That way, every you're doing something every day, which is pushing the business forward, Absolutely. as opposed to always being in a reactive state. Mm. So I won't reply to any emails before 10 a.m. Mm. Um, I won't even look at my email inbox before mm. 10 a.m. because that's all reactive work, right? Mm. You want to be in the morning. You want to be proactive and doing things that are building your business, not not just reactive. Yeah. And I think having that having that shift in mindset has been a game changer. Because mm. I remember a couple of years ago, I'd wake up. The first thing I do was check my email, check my WhatsApps, and all mm. that. Then you just on the you just on the reactive all day, and you can't get out of that once mm. you're in it. 
Yeah. Well, that's weirdly enough. That's exactly what he says. If you know, if you haven't heard what he says in the talk, he was like, by checking your phone, you're teaching yourself to be reactive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you said you're frying your ner- nervous system with like dopamine hits from the likes yeah, yeah. that you get. So I, I just did the same where I just do a, a 12 hour block from eight, eight in the evening till uh, eight in the morning, because if I'm getting up at five, then I've got three hours where it's just, you don't have any kind of access to the social media. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm going in and training people anyway. And it's, it's, um, it's either doing something to do with the business, which is training people or, um, you do some form of writing. Um, I, re- I really like the fact that you're an advocate of doing the mundane stuff later. Is that just yeah, so, yeah, it's my, my thing is, um, be a, be a, what is it? Maker in the morning, yeah. manager in the evening. Okay. In the afternoon. That's yeah. the way I kind of run it. That's good. Um, I think that that makes such a big difference. Mm. And I, I try and help tell people as many people as I can to, to adopt that mindset because it works so well. Mm. It works so well. So it, it does. It does work well. And I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, but going into something that you know you've um, recently done a podcast on, um, how do you think this varies? Like both the intermittent fasting and um, the productivity tips from person to person. Yeah. So productivity, I think, it really depends on the person. In yeah. that, you've got to find what what works for you. In your kind of, you have your magic time, as I like to call it. Yeah. Everyone has their own magic time in the day. But I think it's important that you can identify that. Mm. Uh, how you find it is difficult. In that mm. you, need, you need to experiment with it. But I think once you do find it, you need to protect it. And I think yeah. a lot of what people do is they don't protect it enough. Mm. They they know that they work better in the evening, but they'll still spend their time on their phone in the evening, you know. Mm. Or if you are, if you know it's in the morning, they're still distracting themselves. So I think you've got to find your magic time and then just just block it out ruthlessly mm. and protect it with everything you've got. Yeah. And, and that doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be super long either. So people think you need to spend three, four hours doing this. As long as you can spend half an hour a day, I think pushing the business forward or doing something that's going to mm. build your business rather than just working in it and, and uh, reacting, then, you know, you're going to make progress over time. It'll add up mm. as long as that 30 minutes is super, super focused mm. and everyone can put their phone away for 30 minutes. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, that doesn't really that that should vary between different personality types. I think everyone should be able to do that. Mm. And what's the um, what's the difference from the concept of um, personality types? Have you noticed the big difference in explanations between yourself and Adam? In terms of where we work, where you work, where you train, where you think. So the way we train is pretty similar in that we both we both like low to moderate volume. Mm. Uh, we don't really like that much variety. Mm. So in that in that in that respect, yeah. In terms of the way we work, we seem to be a little bit different. Uh, he likes to work in the evening, mm. although I still think he's a. I, th- I still think he could do the morning. Mm. I just don't think he's, he's given it enough of a chance. Mm. I think he. I think he is very similar. I just don't think he's found it yet. Right. Okay. It's interesting, just because I. I just like to get people's like opinions on it. I mean, if I, if I asked you, what were the what were the kind of biggest things you took away from discussing neurotyping with uh, Christian Tibbo? Um, I think the response to, uh, I think he, what was interesting was the response to stress mm. and, um, his thoughts on, you know, you can't really fake it till you make it mm. for the introverts, for example. Right. You know, if you're an introvert, you need that time to recharge and, you know, people talk about being able to change that mm. over time by faking it till you make it. Yeah. He reckons that that's not something that's not really true and that mm. you're just going to create more and more stress into your system if you, mm. if you do that. Mm. Um, and then the impact it has on your training. So he talks about for how himself, he can't stick to one thing more than, you know, a couple of weeks. Mm. And people always think of him as uh, someone who's always changing his mind. Mm. 
when in reality it's just his personality yeah. this is the way he is which is why now he's drawn to like a west side barbell type system <laughs> because it allows him to you know vary his exercises and it within the constraints of a natural program mm. and it's not just random program hopping mm. well, um, i like it because I, f- I find it fascinating and one of the things that i really enjoyed when he when i attended the seminar was when he was talking about how like there's personality types which can a impact training but b intra- impact nutrition and he was saying that like people who naturally produce low cortisol um and uh, are more suited towards intermittent yeah. fasting did you discuss that with you at all or? Uh, not not with fasting. We did yeah. discuss the nutrition thing. So yeah. uh, the way he said it was, I think the so the people that produce is it the people that produce low levels of serotonin or high levels? Um, they do well on carbs. The, the ones who are who high serotonin are good with low carb. Yeah, yeah. So and what I found is those tend to be the kind of mesomorph, endomorph kind of guys. Mm. I don't know if you've noticed that. Whereas yeah. the, a lot of the a lot of the stuff he was saying was similar. I did draw similarities to the somatotype yeah. theory. Yeah. So like the low serotonin guys, they'd be more ectomorphic, right? Yeah. And then tend to do really well on carbs, mm. I find. Like yeah. I do well on carbs. Um, and the things he was saying, you know, I kind of drew myself towards that mm. that, that category. Mm. But I was saying, so when, when I came to FLF, we were talking about, um, I think you couldn't make it that yeah, day, yeah. right? We, we were talking about the neurotyping thing. We were saying how it's... You don't want to get drawn. In, you don't want to get drawn into labeling people, you know, black in, in a very black and white yeah, terms. Yeah. I think it is very varied, and mm. and that's where the power of kind of coaching comes into play because you should be able to read your clients and and their personalities and be able to you know blend your philosophy around them yeah. and know and know how to approach different situations. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't think it's ever going to be as black and white as right. Somebody's taken a questionnaire and now this this means that that and now this yeah. protocol will work. I just think it's good considerations, like you said. But I do think, um, so I remember for a couple of years ago, we spoke about, this was before actually Christian, we heard Christian talk about it. And we were in a, we were giving a seminar, Adam and I, in Hong Kong, and we were talking about how introverts tend to do really well on, you know, logbooking their progress, logbooking their progress, staying steady to us, the same program for weeks on end. Mm. They just want to see, you know, consistent progression. They don't need variety. Whereas extroverts, they love variety, they love intensity techniques, and mm. we observed we observed this for a while at the previous gym we worked at, and looked at the different uh, different different personal trainers who were working there, and it did make a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of the extroverted clients and, and PTs they want you know they want to try new new things all the time. Yeah, yeah. They'd rather go in and do chest for forty five minutes, you know, bombing it from every single angle possible. Yeah. Whereas the more kind of reserved introverted guys would prefer to kind of you know just hit an upper lower split. Mm. You know, hit a couple of body parts per session. Just focus on progressive overload. You know, just take along each mm. week, doing the same program for months on end. But mm. they'd be happy doing it, right? Yeah. And so I, I do think there is there is application there mm. for sure. No, I, I I completely agree. Like you, when he was talking about it and the concepts behind it, you can kind of like match things up. And I think it's good because you get you'll get that kind of vibe from your client what they are, um, yeah. be just just by talking to them really. Exactly. Was there anything that you look to apply with your online questionnaires, and when you take somebody on, is it something you look to apply through that? It's not something we've looked to apply yet. Um, is it something we'll do in the future? I'm not sure. I think, mm. yeah, it goes down to losing the art of coaching. I think otherwise, mm. I like the idea of figuring it out and being able to read your clients. And mm. I think there is a, there is a lot to be said for reading your clients' personality through email still. Yeah. 
you know, if you build a good rapport with your client, you can read these things. Mm. And um, do you think going back to the intermas- in, inter- <laughs> intermittent fasting, um, would you think it's something that you'll use continuously in the future or? Yeah. So now I've stopped dieting. I've mm. still, I'm still using it. Yeah. Um, I'm still using it in the, in the mornings. What I talked about in the article was, um, I may, I may not use it as much on the weekends just because I like having breakfast with family on the yeah, weekends. Yeah. I think that's quite nice. Um, everyone eats at like nine, nine thirty, And mm. if I'm there, like, um, I'm eating at 12. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a bit weird. Like, I'm eating breakfast on my own, right? This, yeah, yeah. And then it's not even at lunchtime either. It's like, it's a weird time. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and also like I've, I've reversed my calories back up now. So they're, they're slowing to starting to build. Mm. They're nothing. It's not, it's not high at the moment, mm. but when it does get to above 3000 calories, I'll probably, uh, decrease the fasting window just because it's mm. if you're trying to build maximum muscle i don't think fasting is a good idea no. your body you know your body thrives up being in a hypercaloric state mm. if you're purposely you know starving yourself mm. i don't think there's any benefit to that no I, I, I definitely agree there and this that's like the kind of um the the, the message that i wanted to the readers to take away is from anecdotal experience is that i think it is definitely good for fat loss and maintenance um yeah. and in in essence it can be okay for strength if done correctly maybe on a rest day um but if we're talking about balls to the wall gaining size you know yeah you, it, it, it's not really it makes no right. sense yeah, yeah it makes no sense like um you want to be eating regularly mm. if you're trying to gain gain size and it gets to the point where if you're doing three and a half four thousand calories and you're trying to fit in three meals that's that's a lot of stress mm. on your digestive yeah on digestive track right yeah definitely. it's going to be tough to eat all of those calories and you're just going to feel sluggish and mm. it just, yeah, it just won't, it just won't be optimal. I mean, if you're not digesting the food well, mm. you're not going to be putting those calories to good use anyway. No. And so I definitely increase it to at least four meals a day. Cool. So client comes through the door or you, so it's a new client or it's an existing client or somebody who, um, you know, you might've been working, working for a while and um, their goal is body composition. When do you, what would be the triggers or what would be the indications for you that would make you say, Let's give fasting. Try fasting. Yeah. yeah. So with new clients, I, I never start with fasting. Yeah. Uh, if they, especially if they're a beginner, I'd never do that. I'd always try and get them to, you know, make mm. good habits of eating breakfast, lunch, dinner uh, in normal, normal dieting circumstances. Mm. I do have them implement fasting towards the latter stages of a diet though. Mm. Uh, and it's usually not really, I don't really say it. It just kind of happens because mm. I like to encourage them to do faster cardio just mm. because I like to use the himbe and caffeine yeah. con- concoction in the morning, yeah. which works really well, right? And by default, if you're doing fasted cardio, you're having supplements in the morning. By the time you do your cardio, you have a shower, get ready, all of that, you've kind of fasted for 14, 50 hours anyway, mm. right? And then sometimes they'll say, oh, I'm feeling hungry. How can I reduce hunger? So I'll say, just extend, you know, just start your first meal a little bit later mm. and condense the meals into um, a short eating window, mm. And then all of a sudden it's called intermittent fasting, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just it just kind of happens by default, really, rather mm. than me saying, okay, now we're going to do intermittent fasting. It would just kind of, you know, as the as the dieting gets tougher, the hunger kicks in more, the calories are lower. It just makes more sense to have slightly bigger meals, slightly closer together. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's something that I, I did again by by accident when I was 
um, getting ready for a photo shoot. It was down to 1,600 for a couple of weeks on non-training days. And I just found that if I ate at 7 o'clock in the morning and used up 400 calories, then I was you know, starving, yeah. starving for the rest of the day. So it just makes more sense on that point. But you touched on a very, very good point um, initially, which is why I'd never use it for beginners. I've expressed my opinions on this in that you want to build positive connections to food and it's about education yeah. and you don't want to be typecasted as it's very very sure. dangerous because you you know if they see results through fasting they will associate it through mm. fasting not feeling not exactly. the actual calorie deficit yeah it, i mean it's a tool that you can use right that mm. should make dieting easier but it should never be the first thing you introduce to someone no because you know you need to introduce good healthy eating habits and that also leads on to the point of if you had a history of disordered eating patterns yeah. then you should never try fasting because yeah it's just going to trigger binging because you're going to be thinking, you're going to think, okay, I fasted for 16 to 18 hours, mm. which means now I can eat what I like. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we know it's not like that. Right. Because no. It's so easy to out eat a calorie deficit. Mm. And, um, you know, if you've had eating problems in the past, you'll feel good about yourself during the fast. And then mm. you'll binge at night, but you'll think because I fasted, it's fine. Yeah. But in reality, you, you probably out eaten what you would have normally done on mm. a, on a more conventional eating style. Yeah. So I think if you've got eating disorder habit uh, patterns from past, you should work on that first. Work on your mind first before before even dieting in the first place. But um, definitely before uh, any sort of fasting protocols. Cool. So we'll uh, we'll finish off with top three um, tips for somebody who was looking to do intermittent fasting. Before we go in that, I would say that first of all, so, so one one point oh, I want to bring up yeah, is if you if you're chronically stressed, that's another one. All right. Okay. Because fasting is already fasting is a stress on your body. You know, we talked about people with low cortisol levels doing well on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're someone with really chronically high stress levels, you know, you're, you're always amped up, always wired. You probably don't want to be doing intermittent fasting because that's going to add another stress to the body mm. and, and make things worse, probably. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, so bit, yeah, just to, to cover it back because this is, uh, I'm sure you'll have had the same thing. Is that I, I recently did a seminar on, on digestive health and I purposely didn't do a slide and didn't do any part in the manual where I talked about fasting. I talked yeah. about it to the people who attended, but I didn't include it because I didn't want anybody to go away and and use it kind of like, okay, this is a tool I can use just yeah, in yeah, case. Yeah. So, but you know, this is, this is what I want them to like kind of listen to and think about it now is that um, it is, it needs to be for people who are A, looking to either maintain or reduce body fat. Would you agree? Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, well, it works very well coming out of a deficit, right? Yeah. You know, when you're, 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 you've just got lean and you want to maintain your gains, it can be a yeah. good way to uh, to transition. Cool. Um, low um, low stress individuals, so they don't want to be overly stressed. You don't want to get it from the personality type. Um, need to have a good relationship with food and no case history of like anorexia or, or binge eating or, or anything like that. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, anything else? And not, not a beginner to all not of this. a beginner. Yeah, you need to be. You know, I, I've said it. You've said it. Loads of people said it. Most powerful thing for a beginner is breakfast at seven, lunch at twelve, dinner at six, type of thing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And uh, the, the last one I'd say is if your goal is maximum muscle growth. Yeah. Then you don't want to be doing fasting. You don't want to be doing fasting. Cool. Perfect. I think we uh, summarised everything there. And um, let's finish off with a little plug for the RNT stuff. So, what have you got coming on in terms of? Anything, really? Yeah, so it's exciting, actually. Tomorrow we're giving a talk at, um, ex, uh, to, sorry, Friday we're giving a talk at Accenture, okay. so a, cons- a consultancy firm in the in the city. We're giving a talk on nutrition for city executives. Oh, brilliant. Which will be quite cool. Um, might touch on fasting, might not. Yeah, 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 yeah you'll see, yeah. <laughs> um, but besides that, 
uh, we just had a we had a video shoot last week, which was mm. like a promotional video for RNC. Mm. And then next month, we are celebrating our one year anniversary, oh, right. which is yeah. which is pretty cool. Wow. Cool. Uh, in May, and uh, we'll be in California at the time as well. All oh, right, yeah, cool. this is the Road to Cali thing. Road to Cali, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. which will uh, be quite cool. And um, who's on who's on your wish list? Who's the top three on your wish list for the podcast? On on, our, on your podcast? Or oh on no, no, no for yours, for yours. Um, in fitness or general? In general, is that yeah? Uh, uh, the Rock. The rock. Everyone says the Rock. Everyone's on the Rock. <laughs> Um, so I'm not going to say Arnie next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arnie the Rock and, and um, I think Tim Ferriss would be quite cool to talk Tim to. Tim Ferriss would be a good one, yeah. Just because I, I listen to a lot of his podcasts. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. They're the top dogs, yeah. But if yeah, for, if you got a listener, so we kind of like do um, information like that. So if you, what would you say? Let's go with top book, top podcast. Um, and top productivity tip from from yourself at the moment. Okay, so uh, book I'm reading right now is, is a book called The Go Giver. Okay, which is pretty cool. Um, which reaffirms a lot of the, the way we kind of produce content at RNT. You mm-hmm. know, the idea of not having a paywall, mm-hmm. um, just producing content and giving value mm-hmm. as much as possible. I'm a big believer in that, and you know, just you know, the whole elite FTS slogan of live, learn, yeah, pass yeah. on. I really love that, and. Yeah. Uh, I try and embody that into R&T, you know, with, with the amount of value that we provide to our, our readers and listeners. Mm-hmm. That's a really good book. Um, in terms of best podcasts I listen to right now, uh, I really enjoy uh, Jason Frugia's podcast, okay. if you're talking fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of fitness, I listen to uh, the James Altucher podcast quite a lot. Okay. Right. Uh, it's a bit more business-orientated. Mm. And uh, I like Tim Ferriss's Ferris as well as well. Mm. Every now and then I listen to Joe Rogan's as well. Yeah, which is, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you've got a lot of time on your hands and it's a cool guest. Yeah, it's a good one because they're long. They're long ones, aren't they? Yeah, so. it's, 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 that's definitely a food prep podcast when you've got like stuff going yeah. on. Thing. Which ones do you listen to? Is anyone anyone decent? Uh, the one last one I listened to was um, the one with Chris Bell and oh, uh, right, okay. Chris Bell and Mark Bell. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Awesome. Um, um, uh, yeah, and then top productivity tip. Um, yeah, maker in the morning, manager in the evening, in the afternoon. Um, uh, that is one hundred percent going on my Instagram as a as a quote later. Today. So that was from a, a book called The One Thing. <laughs> All right, oh, yeah, so it's, it's not mine. Um, but the One Thing. <laughs> yes, that's my. That's my. If you, if you want to read a good productivity book or just a good. Uh, Business book. That's a really good one. That, uh, I, I gave it to Adam as well. Who is that by? It's that, by Gary Keller. Gary Keller. Gary yeah, it's Keller, an excellent yeah. book, and I think I think it's yeah. from there that book that quote. Yeah, from there, yeah, yeah. I've got Make it I've, in the morning, manager in the afternoon. So I have to put Gary Keller, not Akash Vigella. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. All right, <laughs> you'll see that later today, and you'll be like, <laughs> you can put you can put my name in brackets. I'll put, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll put it. Yeah, I'll put it in brackets afterwards. Yeah. All right, awesome. Akash Vigella, credit to credit, credit to, to, credit to yeah, but there. Awesome, mate. Right. Well, thank you for that because, like I said, um, I've spoke about fasting, but I wanted to get somebody else's opinion. We've covered bases there, and I hope that anybody listening to this can understand that it's a fantastic tool, but it's everything in context. You've got the opinion of someone who trains for body composition, bodybuilding. My opinion on it as well. Uh, covered all bases. Um, make sure you check out the um, part one and part two of the intermittent fasting experiment. And Akash, I am sure I will catch up with you very soon, mate. Sure. Thank you very much, Chris. Nice one, mate. Speak soon. 
Okay, so that was episode number 72 of the Chris Knott podcast, the return of Akash Fergella. I really, like I said before, I really, really rate Akash and uh, Adam at RNT. Uh, They have uh, put fantastic content out and uh, I'd highly recommend checking out their podcast as well, RNT Radio. Uh, Akash is really no-nonsense type of person and one of the most popular and well-received podcasts I've done so far is what has been the one on intermittent fasting. And what I wanted to do today was record an interview where it's like getting somebody else's opinion opinion, but also giving people an insight into what it really entails and how you've got to be smart about things and not just stop eating and hope that you lose body fat. And I, I think that Akash's uh, delivery and his experience and how it worked for him uh, was very, very useful today. Uh, if you did find the podcast useful, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, you can check out uh, RNT Radio as well on iTunes. I'd highly recommend they have some great guests on there. So check them out. There is more podcasts coming up very, very soon. And thank you very kindly for listening.